and we're back live again. It's not a Sunday. It's been a week and a day since our last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't be a month in a row of Sunday uh, podcasts, but, you know, we're very spontaneous with our podcasting, especially when it gets into in season. So, and with Jeff adulting again. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I yeah, love adulting. Why, I don't like it. Adult yeah, that's it. why you always see these later in the day podcasts for this and yeah. underachievers as well. Because there are two people adulting there, and you know I'm not really. You're partially adult adulting. You gotta give yourself some credit. Yeah. <laughs> Pats for Patrick. <laughs> but we actually got a decent amount to talk about today. Um, yes, we do. You know, then it shows such a weird sport and. I have a little thing I want a little random tangent that I thought of literally an hour before we got on or last night too, because the flyers and how they've been playing. So I kind of want to bring that in at some point again, Jeff Stathead, we've got uh, big news earlier in the week. It might be a little, not as relevant to now, but, but still, we haven't talked week, about it yet. We've, so we've essentially become like a weekly podcast. So we yeah. kind of look back at the week uh, that just happened prior. Obviously, the Jim Rutherford news, that's huge for the Penguins, um, even though I think we both felt he his, he was kind of on the hot seat with the Penguins yeah. of late. Um, yeah. We go to Canada for our next team in Montreal. Going to All French right. Canada for our next deep dive as well. Yes, we are still doing those, if you forgot. We are even in season. We're still going to do those. Um, we even so we're finished. We're committed. Yep. We are committed. We made it. We made it to M last time with Minnesota. We were on Montreal. We're getting there. We're getting there. This actually kind of. I feel like it's not great, but it's not terrible either because you could usually you at least have some games you can go off of. This is true for some of these teams. Montreal being one of the that some people are kind of high on going to the years just because of the moves they made. Uh, we'll get to that later, and obviously Flyers as well. Yes. Uh, but let's start um, off as we usually do in season. And Jeff, you got it with the uh, stat head. And his so yesterday's top performers. Uh, this one surprises me. Miles Wood, two goals and an assist, uh, plus four, seven shots a goal, over 14 minutes of ice time. Uh, New Jersey won that game five to three. Uh, both Miles Wood and Michael Cloud, uh, two goals apiece. Curtis Lazar, Ross Mastelli, and Ross Mastelli, a goal each. Uh, you had Connor McDavid and Leon Draxler putting on the show. Ready for this, folks? 11 points between the two combined. You heard me right. 11 points. Connor McDavid, a goal and four assists for five points. And Leon Draxler, six assists. That's just unheard, unheard of, man. It, it's crazy. Um, Edmonton. That was a high scoring game. Eight yeah, five. eight to five. That's nuts. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, James Neal had two, Tyson Berry, Cal Yamamoto, Darnell Nurse, and Dominic Cahoon for Edmonton. Colin White, Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzel, his second of the year, and Austin Watson all scoring for Ottawa. Ottawa is 1 7 and 1 on the year. Edmonton 5 and 6. Um, and the other one's not as noteworthy as this guy, Joel Farabee. Uh, he played up his first career hat trick, 15 minutes of ice time, four shots on goal. Second youngest flyer to ever do that. Yes, he is. Uh, and uh, he, he had himself quite a game, all around great force. 
Kevin and Lincoln in uh, one goal allowed for Chicago, 32 saves on 33 shots, 0.970 save percentage. Billy Husso, uh, 25 saves, 26 shots, 0.962 save percentage. And Chris Dreger, uh, two goals allowed, 32 saves, 34 shots, 0.941 save percentage. Some real good goalie stats there. Uh, some of the other scores from yesterday, St. Louis winning 4-1. to one. Jacob Silverberg is the only goal for the Ducks. Uh, Braden Shen had two, the former flyer. Carolina topping Dallas in a shootout, four to three. Uh, J- Jordan Stahl got hit real hard in that game pretty early on by Jamie Ben. He had to leave the game. He did put up a goal, however. Um, Dallas four one and one, the defending Western Com- uh, Western uh, Conference champs. Carolina five and one, great start there. Chicago topping Columbus three to one. Boone Jenner the lone goal for the Blue Jackets. Patrick Kane his fourth of the year. Uh, Sutter and Kershaw, their the fourth and third, respectively. Uh, Florida beating Detroit. Florida is 5 0 1, 3 2. The gun scored Aaron Eckblad, Carter Verhage, Patrick Hornquist, his fifth of the year already with this new club. Remember, he got traded by the Pittsburgh Penguins during the offseason. So he's looking to uh, do some damage, I'm sure. Dylan Larkin, the captain, his fourth of the year. Anthony Mantha, his third. Uh, as I mentioned, Edmonton topping. Um, Ottawa 8-5, Minnesota beating the Colorado Avalanche, who are 6-3-1, Minnesota 6-4. Victor Rask, uh, Yannis Bredin, George Greenway uh, are the goal scorers there. And Victor Rask actually had two goals. Last but not least, the most important one, Philadelphia, topping the New York Islanders for the sweep. Hollywood Hayes, the guy I'm repping today, the OTGWG, his fifth of the year also. As we mentioned, Young Beezer, Joel Faraby, uh, got the hat trick, Nick Letty, Josh Bailey, Matt Barzell all scored a goal. Uh, yesterday's debut, I did see one. It was Stuart Skinner. Um, five goals allowed, 33 saves, 38 shots, 0.868 save percentage in his angel debut. Still got the dubs. Congratulations to you, Stuart Skinner. Um, Mikhail Meltsev um, also made his debut for the New Jersey Devils. And Reese Johnson for the Chicago Blackhawks. Congratulations to those guys. And that is your stat head for today. Yeah, good amount of games last night. It's rare, a rare Sunday for a good amount of games. Usually, <laughs> you know what I do hate, though? When a lot of these games start at the same time, that means intermissions at the same time. So it's like six games going on at once. Once yeah. one hits intermission, it's just like, oh, the, you know, it's just horrible timing. It sucks. Yeah, for those who are going to pay attention to every game, sure. But I mean, me. Yes. Yes, Jeff. Uh, but <laughs> that's just how it's always been. Seven, always o'clock, seven always thirty will. games, weekends. That's usually when you get your afternoon. No, I know. It's, dude, it's, I just hate it. I just want it to be. Uh, why, like, why can't I have more games at like seven thirty? That way, like, oh, so essentially, over. what it is, Jeff misses what it was for the playoffs, where you pretty yeah. much you had an East and a West, where if one game went to or was close to the end or just ended, you had the other game that had just started. So you just kind of had hockey all day, and you didn't really have to worry too much, exactly, too terribly much about um, intermissions overlapping. Uh, but that's that Jeff's, yeah, just exactly Jeff's little thing. Uh, 
But yeah, we can kind of transition over a bit to uh, league-wide stuff. And obviously the big thing that happened over the last week was the sudden resignation of uh, Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford. Uh, which I said at the beginning of the podcast, I feel like both of us, and it's not a team, it wasn't the Penguins or uh-uh. anything. Uh, it was a personal thing. That's all he really said was the personal matter by he's stepping away. Um, and it's not that he's retiring either. So, no. Um, so a lot of reports came the other day, and um, he, According to reports, Rutherford never considered stepping down as Penguins GM until Tuesday. He told the Athletic Wednesday, I never expected it to be as sudden as this. But before the Penguins took the ice in Boston Tuesday night, Rutherford told team president and CEO David Morehouse that he was done. There's no talking him out of a decision that became public Wednesday afternoon. When uh, asked, <clears throat> excuse me, asked about it, Rutherford said it was just time. Um and Mario Lemieux, uh, he, he was absolutely shocked um, and stunned, as another uh, senior member of the organization said. Uh, and again, a different member said, all I can tell you is we're scrambling. So they are certainly, um, you know, you know, in a flurry over there for as you Pittsburgh would. Penguins. And yeah, as you can probably good. imagine, too, or probably figure out just because when you have ends. It's different. I guess it's not. It's a little easier for you'll say GM midseason than say a head coach because yeah. a head coach midseason, you're already midseason starting out the season, one coach's system, and then halfway through, you're now learning a new coach's system. Yeah. Whereas it can be completely he, different because the Flyers had this twice pretty much in one season a couple of years back with first Ron Hextall and then like a month or a month later, not even a remember. month later with Hacksaw. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then it's just one of those things where when they get in, it's like, how much is this guy now that he takes over? How much is it going to change this team? Uh, right. For the Flyers' sake, at least he let it play out. He let everything play out. So there hasn't been any huge kind of moves. The only thing that was really quote unquote huge worthy, at least Flyers fan wise, is Wayne Simmons leaving, which I feel like mm. everyone kind of knew. Uh, but for this one, I feel it's going to be the interim guy. I forget what his name is now, but if I had to guess, that's my guess of who will probably it take it. And for them, I think probably the easiest one to Patrick stay. Alvin. Yeah, Alvin Alvin. Because yeah. uh, I know, because I remember hearing, I think Wednesday, I put on the Wednesday night hockey game for a little bit because uh, I was bored. Uh, literally for five seconds, but it got to overtime and they said Bob McKenzie was going to get on. So I kind of wanted to hear what he had to say just in general for the league wide stuff. And he was saying essentially that they were pretty high on him and that he will, he, uh, he has the potential of being a GM one day. So yeah. I feel like they're kind of high on him. So that's my guess of who would probably take it. Obviously the other yeah. thing was if Tom Fitzgerald, who is now the GM of New Jersey, would have gotten mm-hmm. that one, they would have gone after him, but Yep, and that uh, is according to the athletic, of course. Yes. Uh, there are a couple things I do want to bring up before I bring up the Pete Penguins GM search uh, with a couple of names. Uh, two of them you already mentioned, uh, of course, Tom Fitzgerald, and the other guy uh, is I got I got to learn his name now, Patrick Alvin. Um, so this is what Jim Rutherford had to say. He said, "Quote: Well, listen, I agree with you. If you think the timing is odd, I completely agree with you." And you know what? I agree with you if you think the timing is weird because it is. But 
I'll just say this. It's important to leave to me to leave the Penguins on a positive note, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get into the details of the past couple of days, end quote. So he certainly sounds like, again, it, he knew it was time. And, you know, there's no again, He said it was mind. a personal matter, so we're not going to know. Yeah, he said it was – they said it was personal matter. I'm very interested in – you know, again, I'm not trying to as like most people expose like, like what the guys. Like what is yeah? Right, exactly. Like I, I don't, I don't know if it's like something you know so personal, like at home that like you know you just gotta yeah. take care of like it. Tuka, but like like that Tuca situation, the playoffs. Right. Exactly. So it's just something you just gotta be mindful of. Um, you know, you I, I don't want to speculate a whole lot on this because. You just never know. It could be health issues with a family member. It could be something with him personally. We don't know. And the worst thing to do, honestly, is to speculate. And and I hate being mm-hmm. that kind of person. But the fact that, again, the timing is just so bizarre. You kind of want to speculate. You definitely do. So it, it's like you, you want to be nice enough where you don't want to speculate. But it's like, how can you? You're also kind of that? curious of what it is. It, it, exactly, you know, because again, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Because it's especially since it's so sudden, too. Right. That adds to that factor as well. Um, yeah. um, I had the other thing too is here. his contract with the Penguins ended at the end of the yeah. uh, end of the season as well. So. Yes, which is also um, um, also something to keep in mind. Uh, here's a interesting list here of a uh, a casting call as. Um, the athletic calls it uh, current, um, you know, uh, people who the Penguins are expecting to speak with this week about the GM opening. Patrick Alvin, of course, who's the interim GM. Uh, Mike Futa, uh, former assistant general manager for the Kings. Mike Gillis, former GM of the Canucks. John Ferguson Jr., director of personnel for the Boston Bruins. And these last two names are extremely interesting to me. One, Kevin Weeks, a broadcaster for the NHL Network. Now, Kevin Weeks, I think he's a great guy. Remember, he is a former goalie, so he knows what he's talking about. Um, I think that – I don't know how I feel about Weeks as a GM. Um, Could could you potentially see something like that? No, but we had the same situation to the offseason. If you remember correctly, Eddie Olchek, the Florida Panthers, were looking at him for their GM, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. And – and even Pierre, I think, for Arizona. <laughs> that one just makes me laugh. So it's um, not unusual, especially since these guys have been around. Right, because he used to play in the early 2000s mm-hmm. uh, for Kevin Weeks. He's been around for some time. He's been an analyst yeah. uh, for five, ten years, I want to say, something around there. And last but not least, our old GM for the Philadelphia Flyers, Ron Hextall. His name is on that list. And I got to ask, how realistic is the possibility of Ron Hextall going to Pittsburgh as their next general manager? I think it's very low the chances, but I understand calling him to see if he's interested. But that's yeah. for me, that's higher ups, the president, whoever is making that decision, whoever it is. Could it be it, something like Mario saying, hey, why don't we give? Well, him a no, call? it's it's also what direction the penguins want to want to see themselves go down this is true the next couple of years because i think we're both on their under the same thing that they're at the telltale end of yeah this complete not dominance but 
team you can almost catch lunch to the playoffs. They're almost at the yeah. tail end of that. Obviously, yeah. so if, you obviously have Crosby and Malkin. So if you find a guy that can still build around them, the reason why I find I would call for Hexel is because they have that cap issue every year. And what Hextall did with the Flyers, with their cap issues when he took over for Holmgren and all this, it just kind of makes sense for me in that sense. But again, I see it very little that it's Hextall. Yeah, the other thing is you you brought up a great point in the fact that the Penguins and what state they're in. If you hire a guy like Ron Hextall, I think you're you're almost... It's almost you're the rebuilding. same situation. You're he, almost saying you're rebuilding. It's almost the same situation he words. was in when he took over for the Flyers. Well, exactly. That's exactly my point. We knew the Flyers were basically rebuilding. And what he helped with the, do with the Kings, it took like five years to do. Mm-hmm. And again, same thing with the Flyers. It took a solid five years. Look where the Flyers are now. Yeah, They drafted very well. They made some, you know, for the most part, pretty darn good moves. Got rid of a lot of cap. They're no longer in cap hell. Um, no, and and for the Penguins, they're in cap hell right now. Uh, they have a lot of big contracts that they need to get rid of. Again, want to do. I, I don't know what you think of this guy, but he's too big of a uh, contract. But for Crystal Tang, I think he just needs to go from Pittsburgh to save him the money. You know, can even... he still um, be productive? Sure. But I don't think he's worth that kind of money. Yeah, and I, I, I not that I see them getting rid of Malkin just because the talent he still brings, but, but you can put Malkin, Malkin yeah. in this too because ever since that Phil Kessel Malkin yeah. thing broke, like two seasons, two off seasons ago, or however long that was, right? They've kind of fallen off. Yeah, even something... in that, I know it was only the one series, and the Penguins have kind of bounced back since that Flyers series they played against them. But Malkin was almost invisible in that series. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. But again, there's just a lot to kind of take in with that. But there are also two guys you could build around too. What however way you want to do that. So and uh, the right. only reason why I say it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the guy who's got the interim tag right now is because especially since Jeremy Rutherford was there for a long time, mm-hmm. they seem to be very loyal to their own. And they've had even Tom yeah. Fitzgerald, he was prior in the Penguins organization. That's why they kind of wanted to bring, if he wasn't in the Devils right now, they would have liked him too. But it's one of those things they like their own and they've already sprouted a bunch of kind of assistant GMs that kind of took other places. So that's just, Um, Um, that's my last little take I have on that. Yeah. And one last quick point. I I have to, I hate to break this kind of stuff up, but I, I feel like it's important to throw it out there. Um, not saying it's anything related. We don't know anything, but uh, currently the Penguins are also in a, are defendants in a lawsuit filed by former HL assistant coach, Jared Scald. Uh, I apologize if I mess up the name. He says he was fired in retaliation for reporting former Wilkes-Barre Grand head coach Clark Donatelli for sexually assaulting uh, Scald's wife in 2018. Jim Rutherford said his resignation has no relation to the lawsuit and spoke to the athletic for the first time about the case. He said, quote, to my knowledge, we handled it as well as we could have. When it came to my attention, I immediately took it to our HR department. That's really all I had to do with the situation. I think it's in litigation now. I th- it's a very unfortunate thing. I feel absolutely horrible about it. That's about as much as I can say about it, end quote. So, again, I'm not saying these things are connected, but you got to wonder. I doubt it. 
I, again, I, I, I highly, highly, highly However, doubt Jeff. it's connected. But it's just the timeline. The only thing I'm thinking, bringing up, it's just an interesting timeline. Not that long ago. Again, within the last two months. Um, yeah. So I want to transition a bit, but sure. as Flyers fans, we were talking about the Penguins. If you want to feel mm-hmm. better about yourself or want to, uh, you know, shit on the Penguins some more while they're going through kind of a, a interesting kind of a situation. Um, you know who the two worst goalies right now are? Not worst, but who aren't really panning out or pretty much the worst goalies in the league right now. Uh, it is one Matt Murray in Ottawa who are one seven and one, as we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, and Tristan Jari. <laughs> so they're like, Jars. and Casey DeSmith has actually played pretty well this season, and he's started more games than Jari. So it seems at the moment that he's taken that starting job away from Jari after coming. It's like, oh, which guy did they keep? Because you know. Again, it's still early, so we'll see if they bounce it back. It is still extremely early. Now, Tristan Jari, you know, it's, I, I've watched him countless amount of times. He, he's gotten better, but there, there's still something that's not translating to how he should be playing. He gives up a lot of rebounds he still. Does. He's worked on it for years now, but just he lets up too many big rebounds that mm-hmm. that's what's killing him the most Casey DeSmith uh he, he, from, from what I remember from Wester Scranton he, he was again Jari and DeSmith were the one-two punch in Wester Scranton they were dominant they uh, they led the league with fewest goals allowed that year in 2017 the, the year I was a uh, intern there and and literally they were just so dominant. It was unbelievable. But there's something for whatever reason. And again, it's goalies. It's just like a pitcher in uh, in baseball. It's the it takes the longest position to properly develop um, for goalie in the NHL and pitcher for MLB. You gotta develop them right. Now I'm not saying that the, the Penguins have not developed them right. I think they're doing a great job. But you know, it's clearly Jari and, and DeSmith's team right now. The question is who's Technically, Jari is considered the starter, but again, Smith's playing like he wants that starting job, and he's playing great. And so, it might not the, hurt to bench Jars for a little bit. Go with the hot hand; it's working so far. It, exactly. If the season ended, they'd be in the playoffs. That, exactly. That, that's a great and point. Go with the hot prediction. hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, let's. Before we transition over to uh, Montreal for our deep dives, mm-hmm. one last thing, kind of league-wise, but not really. If you I, just taking a look around the standings and the NHL, and it's a this is totally a random tangent. It totally is. So right okay. off the bat, this is a random NHL tangent. Love it. Um, at hockey, and maybe this is why I think this is pretty much why we like the NHL so much, and even I'd say even the MLB at times because. Mm-hmm. The seasons are so unpredictable. Like you're like Very. you're never really sure who's gonna be there. Tom Brady's in his tenth fucking Super Bowl. LeBron yeah. James just won another goddamn championship. And yeah, you can point back to like the ten the twenty like teens where you had the Penguins winning three times, the 
uh, Blackhawks winning three times, even the Kings winning t- uh, two times in a fairly uh, short span. But outside of that, it's been fairly kind of kind of unpredictable and different every year. And the only reason why I say this is because you can never really predict th- these things because you would think a team, say, like um, the Washington Capitals, who are one of the teams that at the beginning of the season were hurt and still kind of hurting from COVID, when their best mm-hmm. players, pretty much all the Russians, are hurt, even their starting goaltender and Sim- uh, Samsonov, they are tied for first in the East and tied for yeah. points overall in the entire league. And nine games, they're six zero and three. They've not lost a regular and regulation yet this year. And they haven't had Ovechkin. They haven't had Kuznetsov. It's 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 a weird sport. The Flyers again. They are on a four game winning streak. They're seven two and one. They aren't playing great. They aren't, but you know there's. Hey, they're seven two and one. <laughs> Mitch even because Mitch came home this past weekend and obviously mm. talking hockey. Uh, he said, "I can't bet on hockey anymore. I, I'm done." Because in the first yeah. Devils game, he bet the under and went over, and then in the second game, he bet the over and it went under. Like, under. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, poor Mitch. But because it's one of those things, like I don't. Yet life, it's it's one of those weird things because realistically, for Flyers' sakes, they're not getting a lot of offensive zone times. Obviously, shot no. differentials is completely uh, bad. Their defense is just starting to get a little healthy again, uh, and they're kind of giving up a lot of a bunch of leads, multiple games, giving up multiple lead uh, leads in yeah. them. So, but at the same time. It doesn't matter. Uh, those, it's one of those things that if you were a Flyers fan, at least I can only say this because of the time I've been watching the Flyers, but Flyers fans from 2010, the 2009 10 season to say the before the 1920 season, the Flyers, if you remember in those games, there's a couple games where they have maybe the better of play for a bit, but then there's like one bad like read and the team scores. They really have any shots, but the team scores. They just don't have the luck from the hockey gods. But this, it appears, hockey gods are in their favor at the moment. Not a lot of chances, but still. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But taking a little look around the league, nothing else really is that uh, surprising. The Central is kind well, of hit the one, hardest with COVID. Yeah. And because yes. of that, that's why you see the Tampa Bay or Carolina not being as high as they are. No, only six. Also, uh, one quick comment about that about COVID. Now, ten players on the New Jersey Devils are on the NHL's COVID protocol list: Mackenzie Blackwood, Connor Carrick, Aaron Dell, Andreas Janssen, uh, Yane Kukkonen, uh, uh, Michael McLeod, Kyle Mary, Sammy Vatanen, Pavel Zaka, and Travis Zajac. So again, remember this was after this is after they had all played against the Philadelphia Flyers back to back games. Mm -hmm. The fact that the Flyers so far have not gotten anything is incredible. I'm hoping it stays that way. Devils have to be careful. Um, You know, you know, obviously, as of right now, until further notice, they are not playing any more games. Their game against Pittsburgh tomorrow has been canceled. I mean, the Flyers have already been hit by 
before the season even started yeah. with Ghost, and he just came back this past week. Um, but yeah, that's that's just it's something they're gonna have to deal with throughout the year. Uh, but that's all I really got league-wide stuff. And again, that was a random tangent, but that was just kind um, of a relight of why I like the NHL. Regarding the uh, league news, GM Jeff Gordon, this just in, says Tony D'Angelo has played his last game for the Rangers. Uh, Gordon said D'Angelo has been upset since being scratched for the first game. At some point, he told D'Angelo there's one more issue. He'd be removed from the team. And that happened after Saturday's scrimmage with uh, goaltender um, – uh, their goaltender, uh, Georgiev. Um, President John Davidson said the Angelo's social media comments were not a factor, but I'm sure it was. Let's be honest. Um, uh, I'd say not because already handful. So that was probably the least of the worst. extreme handful. He, um, the most recent uh, rumor is um, after Saturday's game, uh, he and a teammate got into it, and one of his teammates punched him in the face. So um so the, i guess Gorgiev got uh you know in skirmish with them but i think it was rumored it was uh Kreider, i think um chris Kreider, that is of course um that punch him face and it was of all people keandre miller who again in light of everything that's been going on this has been around him too because uh there were reports that uh d'angelo with his past behavior too and you know and some um, very extremely questionable comments and decisions made before in his prior days and also comments online and in general, his kind of personality um, apparently, and I don't know if this is confirmed, but apparently he took uh, after Keandre Miller scored his first career initial goal. He took Miller uh, the puck from Miller and hasn't given to him. Keep in mind, Miller is a player of color. You know, I don't, you know, maybe we're looking into way too much. I don't know. Again, this isn't officially confirmed yet. I don't know all the details. So, again, a little speculating. These are just the rumors going on online. But, again, with how D'Angelo has played before, you know, has been before on and off the ice especially, you know, his reputation is way out the window. You know, not only has he played his last game with the Rangers, he's probably heading to the KHL. There's no room for a player like this in the NHL. He doesn't belong here. He needs to go. And he's, he, he cleared waivers. No one wanted him. Obviously um, he deserves to get terminated for his contracts. Um, he did also sign like a three, four year deal a couple months prior with the Rangers um, as an extension. I don't know where the NHL goes from here with all this. I don't know if the league's going to actually get involved or not, but regardless, though, it it's investigable. I, I certainly hope so. It's, it's. I don't know again how much involved is it with Kendrick Miller. Yeah, I, I don't um, know the situation. I don't want to put any like speculations right. out there either. It, so. It, exactly. So, so that, that that's all I personally know, um, and I have been reading up on, um, you know, about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just an unfortunate one. You know, there, there's no need for it in, in the sport of hockey and, and just anywhere in general. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Tandy D'Angelo is a disgraceful hockey player who does not deserve to play in the NHL. And I think it's fair to say he should just go right to K, uh, right to Russia where the KHL allows that kind of crap. So, uh, where they don't really care. So, um, you know, pack your bags, Tony, you know, the NHL won't miss you. Um, so that's all I got to say about that. I think 
got to move on. But yeah, so want to clear right. that Let's up. Transition but, yeah. a bit there, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right. Jeff has an issue um, with, as many people do with uh, Tony D'Angelo. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it's trans- been going off lately. I truthfully, I do a hockey podcast, but I don't follow a lot of hockey people on Twitter. So yeah, oh, it's it's a doozy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, transitioning, like Mike said, um, to our next team on our deep dives, Montreal, who, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, has been pretty busy in terms of at least in the past offseason with the amount of cast race they had and uh, bringing people over. They traded for Joel Edmonton's rights, signed, signed him, uh, got Tyler Toffoli, uh, made the trade for Josh Anderson, right? Yeah, Josh Anderson. Yep. And then made a trade for Jake Allen. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, there's so here, here's the summary of all the trades. So there is, well, let's give the beginning. It was September. Jake Allen and a seventh round pick to uh, Montreal for a third round pick and a seventh round pick to St. Louis. Uh, the Hurricanes traded Joel Edmondson, at least the rights to Joel Edmondson, who was an RFA, for a fifth UFA. round pick. He was a UFA. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. He was a UFA. Um, and Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Habs, signed him. Uh, once I find it here, four years, 3.5 average annual. Thank you, sir. So it's 14 mil right there. Ouchie. Um, Max Domi and a third round pick for the Blue Jackets and the other, um, you know, from Montreal to Columbus. The other way, I want Josh Anderson. And then Bergevin signed Anderson. That was a seven-year, 5.5 mil contract, mm-hmm. 38 and a half mil uh, value. That's uh, crazy money there. So far, Anderson has been playing really well. Um, the other uh, signings in the offseason, signed Corey Perry one year, Mike Froelich one year, um, getting goals in entry-level contracts. Um, Tyler Toffoli, four years, 4.25 mil, 17 mil total. Uh, they signed Victor Mete to one-year extension. That was big there, although they don't feel like playing him. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, other than that, oh, uh, I forgot. One actually kind of big thing, in my opinion, they signed Jeff Petrie, four years, 6.25 mil. Contract 25 mil uh, total for that uh, total salary. Yeah, that's way too much. Sorry. It is. Yeah, I, I, I like him, but yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. Um, going into the offseason, though, um, again, Montreal, again, like with, uh, with when the season paused and everything, and then continued for the 2014 playoff. They were 31, 31, 31, and nine for 71 points. Yet they still made that 2014 playoff, which I thought was a disgrace. The fact that a team at 500 like that made the 2014 playoff and made it to the first round—that's embarrassing. So again, that, that was and one the of the huge reasons. I don't know what to tell you. That's one of the huge reasons why I hated the fact that the league decided to do the 2014 playoff. Uh, it, but I'll put it this way: got to give credit to Montreal. They got had the right time. They took care of uh, Pittsburgh pretty easily. Uh, they did lose to the Flyers in six. It, that was a solid series all around. Um, but they 
again, just got hot at the right time. Uh, they added a lot of key pieces. Um, you know, Tyler Toffoli, for one, that helps a lot. Uh, I think that's a huge piece right there to help their offense. The guy's only 28. Again, 4.25 cap hit every year. That's not too shabby. I'll put it this way. Here's how really set the um, the offense is around their guys. At the highest contract, like AAV-wise, Josh Anderson and Jonathan Drouin, 5 point, oh, I'm sorry, 5.5 mil. And then and uh, once it's next, well, I'm saying offense-wise. Wow. Um, and then once it's next year, then it will be Brandon Gallagher, 6.5 mil. Um, oh. And then Shea Weber, of course, a captain, 7.85 mil. Uh, and the Thanks biggest the one, of course, Carey, yeah. Carey Price, 10.5 mil right there for Carey Price. Um, but the crazy thing is, under the uh, the offense, they're you know there's not a whole lot of they're not eating up as much cap as they could be. But the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, they only have eighty four thousand two hundred eighty seven dollars in cap space right now. Yeah, because they spent all the cap space they had before in the moves they made. Yes, they spent on Tyler Foley. They spent on some you know um, yeah. Brennan Gallagher extensions. Gallagher, Petrie, you know, Jake Allen, you know. Yeah. So there's just some well, big Jake ones Allen, there. Jake Allen's contract is going to get less after this year. It goes down. Yeah, it cuts it by two mil, but still. Yeah, but the whole reason why they brought in Jake Allen, I still think they could have gotten a better backup elsewhere yeah. outside of Jake Allen, is uh, to keep Carey Price Ralph's wet Weston. Yeah, rested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't do worse the worst moments on hockey, but that's gonna be one. Yeah. Oh yeah, love it. Uh, um, so yeah, what's Jake... your take on Montreal? Every everyone is so high on Montreal. I know you're not. Mm-mm. Explain to me why you're not on the Montreal train here. So for me, I think they made a bunch of moves this offseason, but I don't. I think they just the moves they made are just. To make them They're not flashy marginally, enough. no, it's not even that. It's just they make them marginally better. I don't think they make them ex- this extremely better. The only move that made sense to me was uh, getting a reliable backup, so you don't have to play Carey Price as much, so you can have him rested when it comes to the playoffs. That makes sense to me. Jake Allen, I'm not, you know, not very high on him because yeah. you know he's not the best. But who knows? Maybe it could be like. Brian Elliott, where if he's off for a little bit and he can come in here and there, maybe he can, you know, surprise people. I doubt it, but who knows? Uh, I'm still, I don't, I don't know what type of player Jonathan Drew is. I really don't. Everyone was really high on him when he was on Tampa Bay. He's come yeah. to Montreal. He's played okay. He's had moments. He could play outside better. of his first two seasons there. He's kind of dropped off. He hasn't done much. Oh, he sorry. hasn't done enough. Yeah. He's a good player, very and, good. Player. And also, in his draft year, he went have, third overall to Andrews Tampa. Have played, have, play, have played him a bit. He's also only yeah. twenty-five. Um, it seems like he's older than twenty-five, which is arguably yeah. But you already know there's at least there was an issue in the locker room with Domi, so you don't know how much that really stretched it with Claude Julian. Yeah, there is. Um... There was a good amount of issues there. They, and they, now their relationship the rumor is that ugly. they're open to trading a young defenseman in Victor Mete, which I think is dumb. 
there have been rumors that that report is not true. However, I can it, still see it being true. Definitely. Knowing how Mark Bergevin is, I think it's true. Um, I would love for a team like the Flyers to check in on Victor Mathe. He's a young defenseman. He could cost you a good amount, but it depends on what you're willing to give it up. It may cost you Nolan Patrick or Oscar Lindblom. Yeah. If it's anyone of those two guys, I'm out. Well, one of those guys again to be unprotected. Just, yeah. And that's the other issue is if a team, you know, trades for a guy like Victor Mete. Or if you, you go back to them. when you're talking about Pierre Lectobois or uh, Patrick Line, they're all mm-hmm. RFAs. So you've got their rights. Unless you trade away their rights before. True. Or what Florida did was, oh, take this guy if you don't take this guy. Yeah. We'll give you this guy. If and you don't that did in the ass. Just like we did it with Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah so there's not, some interesting I stuff think, there. So um, I think, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you asked me this, and if you did, I don't think I've answered it yet of um, where I see Montreal. Category? Yeah. I think they are yet. absolutely a rebuild, and I still think they are, but because they got into the so, 24 playoffs, yeah. they feel, oh, because we, you know, for some reason, kind of lucky, luckily got yeah. in. That oh, if we make a couple moves, then we're right there. You're only yeah. You're probably I mean, gonna get in this year just because the 14 playoff in your division, it might work in your advantage. You could make it, but you are the most yeah. evenly distributed <clears throat> division in the whole league, and I have no idea how that division is gonna fall, fall out. I still think Toronto's taking the division. It's not Montreal. That's my take. On no, that. it's 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 not Montreal. Um, I I like Montreal's team. They're not there yet. They're getting there. No, so but you, it, you even if you go back to the rebuilder, re- you you have them in a rebuilder. Yeah, a rebuilder trying to get to the next level, and I don't think they're there yet. So, so they're a rebuilder. They're a rebuilder pretender. They're, they're a rebuilder, but they're pretending to be a contender. Yeah, but also their players are relatively young or just entering their prime to their career. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much you can really not trust, but Put into that, Carey Price I mean, played very you gotta, well. Yeah, trust him very, one way or another. Very it, well it, in the playoffs. It, I don't know. It, you can guarantee that every time because no. And the past couple of years, he has been pretty spotty, which is why I think the game backup is key, was key for them, um, and going forward. Um. So we'll see if it works out for them. We'll see. And also, it's it's just because you know. They traded for Dale Weiss. I mean, come on. I mean, come on, really. And Jordan Wheel. Yeah, he is now deep in their team. They're he's on their AHL team now. After he played, oh I believe, a couple of games in the uh, playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. As did um, as did Weiss, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know about that. I think Weiss. he did. Um, in maybe one game. I don't remember him though much. Um, for me personally, again, I, I think like, they're up. And com- I don't I think like they're Montreal. up and coming team, but I don't think they're there yet. That's why I think they're in a rebuild. I think they're still missing a couple That's pieces. Fair. Um, they're, they're Shea Weber is Shea Weber to me is on the same category as say Ryan Suter, where they're kind of older and you kind of forget about them, but they're still solid yeah. defensemen. They just kind of forget about them. It's like, okay, how much longer does this guy have? Because he yeah, is. Right. He is 35 and still has, after this year, one, two, three, four, five more years. He's 35. 
And unless he is Yager, Ovechkin, Tom Brady, can he do it in his 40s? <laughs> or getting closer to his 40s? And be I think at most, I think he'll get bought out with one year left in his contract. I'd probably say two, depending on how well he's playing. And, and maybe even two. Um, all right, so for me personally, I I like Montreal, not in the rebuilder phase, but not the contender. They're kind of and the middle. only reason why they're I not rebuilders, but they're is, not contenders. The reason why I think they still need to add something else or build more. Oh, that's no secret. After they need this year, when you else. go back to the regular format, it's going to be hard for them to make a wild card spot. It is much it just harder. Is. Florida's better, just about. I think they're about the same. I think Florida's a tad bit better, in my opinion. Yes, because you know I've been high on the Florida for a while, uh, which is no surprise to anyone. Uh, I just but you also have to battle Montreal with Montreal. they have a tough again, road. They have a really tough road, and that's why I feel. But like one thing that helps their cause this year specifically. It's a new division. Is the, the division they're in. It's yeah. the all-Canadian division. It's not the best division. They can it's win not. this division, it, and it's not They can't, and the thing about this division is is that none of these teams outside of Vancouver, really, they're starting to play a little better now. They've won the last four, but Vancouver kind of started off kind of slow. Mm-hmm. None of them have great have a great defense. So no. I feel like a lot of those games are going to be like that Edmonton and Ottawa game, where they're going to be kind of high scoring. Because you do that. have some good goaltendings. Hellebuck, I think, is the best goalie in this whole division. But you also have Holpe, uh, Demko. Demko. Uh, you have Edmonton, where you have Connor McDavid. I think I just transitioned a bit out of Vancouver or out of Montreal, but still kind of in yeah, the same. Kind of realm, I guess, and kind of going this in terms of where I see them finishing off in this division. Yeah, I'd say two or three, somewhere around there. I don't think they're as yeah. good as Vancouver. I think Vancouver's better. I think Toronto's better, and that's just kind of why I think they're going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. Ahead of them, uh, but outside of that, I think they can take Edmonton. I think they could take Calgary, obviously Ottawa, and the other thing too is. The reason why I can't trust them just yet is because their season, they're playing some of not, they're not playing Toronto yet. They're not playing Vancouver yet. They're not playing the better teams or division yet. Mm-hmm. Calgary's okay. Ottawa's not great. And I know they've played them a couple of times. Uh, I think, yeah, Calgary's a weird one, but Edmonton's even weirder because we've already done their deep dive. So I'm just going to go back to them because since <laughs> our deep dive, Mike Smith is out for a while, so they made no real changes in the offseason. So going back, and one of the best goaltending markets available. I have That's five, what's pathetic I've about got, the whole thing. Not five questions, but I've got like five questions hitting me all at once. So <laughs> one, it hit me because it happened a while ago because the Flyers Buffalo game happened like two weeks ago, but. Okay. Why the hell? And I watched a little bit of the first Devils Sabres game, which is a goddamn snore. Yeah, just kind of was uh, because they're both kind of the worst teams in the East. Sorry, but they are. Yeah. It, uh, that belongs to the New York teams. All right. Anyway, Not continue possibly. with your five questions slash points or whatever you want to call them. Well, the first one is something you mentioned on uh, Twitter. It's something I said to you last night. Is why is Matt Barzell doesn't have an any type of captaincy on the Islanders is fucking mind blowing to me. 
Why won't Literally, the Sabres think- play Taylor Hall, Jeff Skinner, and uh, oh. Eichel together? Speaking of which, speaking of which, want to hear Jeff Skinner's stats and everything? Sure. Uh, Cat Friendly Depth Chart tweeted this out. I mean, I kind of gave away the answer, whatever. They said, sure, time. Who is this player? Um, games played 10, zero goals, one assist, one total point. Cap it, $9 million. Yeah, that's Jeff Skinner. They, they play, have him on that the flyer. I think they, they start, I think he in this last series against New Jersey, they put him in the first. He They put him back with Jack Eichel, but then they moved Taylor Hall on their second line. What the fuck are you doing, Buffalo? Are you trying to get rid of Jack Eichel? Apparently. And same with Edmonton. Uh, Connor McDavid might miss another playoff. He didn't make it last year. They lost to Chicago, and they didn't really make much of a difference or much of a change in the offseason. Again, they have a horrible GM. That's why. Again. Who doesn't know his hockey. And he goes after horrible, horrible players. To I, did like the, I did like the I did like the Carters signing for Edmonton, but the who? Kyle Turris signing in. Oh, you Edmonton. know the Kyle Turris, I I thought that was a solid signing, uh, not too expensive. Um, I think they got Tyson Berry as well, didn't they? Yep. I, I mean, he, defensively not great, but if you want an absolute number one power play, there you go. There you go. Anyways, let's um, McDavid, Barry. Yeah. Boom. That's all I've got on the IBC, even though we changed just out of it. Uh, but those yeah. are all my questions. Uh, I it, it seems like these yeah. teams aren't because uh, I have another question. They're just one of those teams that are just Buffalo and and at the moment Edmonton. When when you're, if you're a person who followed hockey since like the 80s or when when rescue was around, like what what's going on? That now they're kind of nothing really. And every year, there's just... haven't been anything for. Oof. Oof. They're not years. building well against the best player in hockey, and the best player in hockey can barely even get into the playoffs because it's not like other sports where one person can do well. Change the whole team. Yeah, a good quarterback in the NFL can pretty much bring you far because they can dictate how your team does. If your defense sucks, if they're putting up more points, you're still going to win. It's just how it works. NBA, LeBron James has owned that league since almost since he's come in. Yeah. MLB, again, another one's very up in the air. The best players, you're only up one time. You only pitch one game out of four or five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can do all they want. It's not going to be enough, unfortunately. They could put up yeah. all the points. They put up eight, or sorry. Yeah, it wasn't eight to five or something like that. They put up 11. 11, sorry. Sorry, they put up 11. Come on, Whitmer, get it right. And if the season ended today, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. And Buffalo, Six and five. they haven't been able to build around Eichel. And again, those two guys have... Not only that, Ross in the past couple, Yeah, they've both mentioned the past couple off seasons how uh, they, they're kind of, kind of one out. Because this team's just not doing anything for them, which yeah. you can't blame them. No. Anyways, sorry for another tangent, but let's go over to the Flyers. Yes. Because, like I said at the beginning, uh, let's see here. The Flyers, the record wise, shows they're, you know, doing they're well. Tied for 
the best in hockey in terms of points with 15. But and you look at the ice, record, seven, two, and one. Wow, that's that's really good. Uh, looking at their actual on ice performance, uh, no, not so good. A lot of it, your goaltending. Even though Hart has let yeah. in a lot more goals than he's used to, even so you've seen frustration out of Carter Hart breaking his stick against Boston, which I assume when they play Boston again, he's going to have that edge. And Brian Elliott, who's playing phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Even though he did let up three goals by him last game. Yeah. None of those um, goals were not, on him. Really. Honestly, no. Again, Braun turned over the puck on one of the goals. and Yeah. He bailed him out for most of the game. Multiple so, times. As did hundred um, times. And looking at uh, the deeper uh, stats here, 51% face-offs for the Flyers. Uh, the Islanders outside the Flyers, 36-29. Both power plays atrocious. One for six for the Islanders, one for four for Philadelphia. Um, six PK giveaways has... for Philadelphia, 12 now, giveaways for the Islanders. The Flyers PK has looked better in the past couple of games, but they were playing the Islanders who don't have a great offense or offensively not Plus, great yeah. outside of Barzell, and even though they scored, and the Devils who don't have Fisher currently. No. Because not COVID related, related, but he's also hurt. So yeah, and they both don't have great power plays, so they took advantage. Uh, yeah, power play is another kind of issue. Even though I think they're still in the top like fifteen, I think in power play still. Uh, okay, and it's all because really of JVR getting those tip ins the first game, and then. Couple, oh yeah, uh, JVR. He had uh, four assists last night. Yes, he did. You didn't mention him in your stat head. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> Whoops. That, to be fair, stat head did not bring it up to me. And this is, I know it's not great. And maybe if you're an optimist, or if you want to look at it in that perspective, or a positive for the Flyers, and this kind of stretches that maybe even though they're not shooting a lot, they're just being more accurate. I mean, maybe they've had dangerous opportunities, just not shooting as much. We've just been the Flyers yeah. out for at least five years now. You just know it's going to happen. And at that right. point, yeah, it might not be sustainable when you're not having a lot of offensive zone time and you're relying on your goalies to do a lot because at the end of the day, your goalies are going to crumple. But in this little, in the, not a month, but going to be in like a week or so, looking at how far we've gotten the Flyers are slowly getting better in terms of their play. They've had their moments, but there's still that offensive kind of struggle of just yeah. really just keeping on offensive kind of pressure. And, and, and you can um, see again, huge difference uh, with how Sean Couturier in the lineup. Who's yeah, but you also should, player. you should also as huge as that is, and that's even bigger in this whole thing is that you're doing this without your best player. But you also feel like with some of the teams they just played, like the Islanders, who I still don't know how they're good. Maybe it's just because they play the Flyers and they, the Flyers can't play well against them that well. Um, they should have kind of dominated more if you're talking on paper against the Islanders and the Devils and even the Sabres, who you split against 
Yeah. And one of them, and, you lost 6 nothing. And those games, I know it's been a little thing for a while now for the Flyers to not do as well against teams that are okay to mm-hmm. rebuilders, those type of teams. But in this kind of format and the division you're playing in, you've got to be able to uh, – I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, you got to be able to beat those teams. Yeah. You just have to. And especially when you look at the Flyers team on paper, they should be better, even without Couturier. But the reason why you were able to take on the Devils so well is that they're a team without T-shirt that the only person you really had to worry about was Hughes, really. So in that sense, you don't have that, okay, we can get away with this without having Turia here to shut down their top player. Whereas when you're mm-hmm. playing a team like Boston, where you got the uh, Berger online, Pasta's going to be back now, or Matt Barzell, you don't have that guy that can completely shut them down. So it's got to be a kind of team effort of shutting them down. And the better part is, at least now that the defense is getting healthier, hopefully defensively that makes it a little better and you get a little more in the offensive end. And if you also this as well, if you want to look at it mm. towards the kind of an optimistic kind of looking at a positive for the Flyers is that mm-hmm. even though it doesn't seem like it so far, the depth is actually working for the Flyers. It is. It doesn't seem like it because offensively they're not doing well really at all. But when you look at the guys who have scored so far. Yeah, you've got your top guys. TK's, I think, still leading in points. If not, JVR might have just overtaken him after the last game. Uh, you have JVR who's contributing, which is huge, especially since he's now a depth person. You have Faraby who just put up a hat trick, uh, yeah. who's also killing penalties. Since he went down, since Katuri went down, you've had to find guys to kind of replace him on the PK. Yeah, you've had a lot of iffy moments on that PK uh, this year, but. Faraby has actually looked pretty comf- comfortable, and he's even said he might even be better on the PK than he is in the power play. Right, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but as for points wise, real quick, James Van Riemsdyk now leads the team with 13. Mm-hmm. One, three, five goals, eight assists. Uh, he's tied for the lead in goals with five with Kevin Hayes, Joel Faraby, and Travis Konechny. Assists, Claude with nine. And again, points 13 with JVR. Uh, 10 for Hayes, Dvorak, Andrew, TK, Farabee, 8 apiece. That's another thing. That's another thing. Always has five points in 10 games. Lindblom has four points in 10 games. Um, You know, there's little points here and there from Raffle and Knack, three points Mm -hmm. in 10 games. Again, the productivity is there. It's just hard to see. You really got to look very, very closely. You do. And believe it or not, in the two games that Couturier has played, two games, that was only one. But in the two games, yeah, he's, he's got an assist. And so does Ghost. He's got an assist in four. Um, the other thing, too, which is huge. Oh, wow. Patrick has five points. Which, yeah. In terms of Patrick coming off of a year off, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Same with Lemblom, too. They're, those two, even though you might argue there's times where you – don't see them that often or they kind of go 
Yeah. Like invisible. Unnoticed. Unnoticed. That's a better word. Thank you, Frankie or Jeffrey. Wow. Uh, I kind of think of the word there, Uh, but they're just going to get better. Yeah. As they get better with. uh, uh, As the season rolls along. And the other Mm -hmm. thing too, that's huge is at some point, I don't think it's even a surprise at this point. Giroux will take the Flyers franchise for assists. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Which is why, obviously, people. I saw always, a crazy stat earlier. Always, I gotta find it. People always doubt Drew and Vorchek uh, because obviously they're kind of past first kind of guys, but a lot of the damage they have, they're playmakers. So a lot of their points production is on assists. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have moments like uh, in the first game against uh, the Islanders and that good like little give and go that the two of them had. It was perfect. That was really nice, yeah. Where was this? And you just realized that without Couturier here, it's got, it had to be kind of a grit effort. Now, the effort still needs to be a little, not the effort, but they still have to play a lot better than they are. And that I think that's actually potentially a positive and that... They're mm. not playing so well that, oh, there's no issues at all, so you don't work on anything. The Flyers are going to be working on everything, pretty much, because in the last couple of games, they've changed the lineup. And thankfully, with Ghost now in it, there now appears to be a revolving door again with that third pair. Ghost not involved with it yeah. anymore, but with uh, Gustafson and uh, Haig now, and Gustafson, Haig, and Braun, which, if I had my way, I'd think if Gustafson can finally find this game if he can I think I might prefer Gustafson Haig I don't know though um Friedman has again Friedman I, hasn't I, looked I, terrible I, I, but he hasn't looked great either but no I'll put it this way I don't care what the pairs are just get Justin Braun off the freaking ice that guy cannot play hockey for his whole life we're no. like an look at AMAC 2.0 here yeah we are Except he's, it, not the first, just, uh, except he's not on the first pair. He was at the beginning of the season, but he's not now. Um, I'll put it this way. It's just, for whatever reason, Justin Braun just mm-hmm. is not working out here. It, it's, you know, this is second year now in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's still very early. Not even, uh, you know, is it 10 games in officially it is. now? Okay. 10 games. 10 games in, he's looked like freaking garbage. He's looked god-awful, so... The sooner Chuck Fletcher can get rid of him, the better. I understand it brought him back because Madness getting retired. He brought him back on a two-year deal. They guy would get rid of him one way or another. Also, not to mention the fact that the guy we haven't mentioned, but Cam York is also on his way. So that defense and Igor Zamula, I know they feel like he still needs a little more time, but that defense ability is getting kind of it's tighter gonna, and tighter. And also, why Wiley? Of, Yep, by Wiley. They got a couple of guys. Linus Hogberg. Mm-hmm. Well, those guys, you're going to have to wait until the AHL to see what they can True. become. And um, I think they, they still like have the potential, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, and too, after, after Cam York gets done his sophomore year, I have a feeling he's going to sign his entry-level contract with Philadelphia. It's bound to happen. Yeah, I can see it. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully all oh. the best for those guys. And another person who has always got a lot, especially last year, 
but a guy we've already mentioned who is the Flyers point getter or leading goal, uh, points score leader this year is JVR. And Jeffrey, you had an article about him earlier in the week. I did. Um, it was, again, for Sports Talk Philly, as always, and for James Van Riemsdyk, again, I get it. He has a huge contract still. And just because a guy is not living up to the hype or anything like that does not mean he's garbage. Again, I, I, I get it. People are, you know, not happy. The fact that he is a, what, seven mil cap hit, right? A V 7.14. 7.1. Yeah. Um, No, seven. Sorry. I was looking at Kevin Hayes. He's at seven. Yeah. Seven, seven years, seven average annual, two years after this year. Yeah. So, I mean, so, um, yeah, again, it's it's a lot, but if you clo- take a closer look at how James Van Reeves like he's actually playing this year, and there was another stat that came out extremely from- productive. Jordan Hall with the JVR stats, man, <laughs> I was about. To oh my god, I loved it. Um, so check check this out. Since Van Reeves like returned in 2018, this is one of the stats. Jan- uh, the Flyers are 42, 13, and five when he scores when he records at least one point. Hall not also 40, pointed sorry. out that yes, now forty-three. Uh, Hall also pointed out that the goal scorer has been stagnant over the years. Hughes Kyle through his first seven games last year, James Van Riemsdyk had thirty-five shots, no points. This year, um, again, for leading up to the article I'd written, um, twenty shots, but set he's taken only twenty shots, fifteen less shots, but he has seven points, and five of them are goals. Mm-hmm. And he apparently, and he's now being more of a playmaker versus more where he's been. Yeah. uh, Neff Brunt kind of putting the puck in the back of the net. Right. But again, what's helpful is the fact, uh, I'll put this way um, since returning to Philadelphia, you know, Van Reems, like he's had a quiet, good two years 48 points his first year back, 27 of them goals. He was almost a 30 goal scorer. That's mm-hmm. what the Flyers were looking for. Uh, last year, he had a bit of a down year. He still had 40 points. That's not even that bad. Uh, again, it's because whenever fans, they see that giant number, of the, the magic giant check, you know, again, thrown around with lots of money, they freak out when players don't pan out or don't play that well, even if it's a game or two. Um, for Van Reems, like he's already playing much better. He was a minus 10 for those advanced stats people. Um, his first that's year a, back to Philadelphia. <laughs> no, I, I know, but for for those people who really like their stats and everything like that, it's whatever. Um, he was a minus ten his first year. I, I get that's bad. Um, last year he was a plus five, so major improvement. This year he's already a plus two. So yeah. you know, I, I also, think, and this is yeah. huge in most of his production. Like he, he already matched his power play his power play goals last year in four. Yeah, right, just uh, this was, year. That's what I was going to say. And actually, two things. The first thing is, if you remember correctly, the since coming back to Philadelphia, he's had two seasons where he's been hurt. The first year he was out the first couple months, and then it take, took yeah, him a little while to get his feet going. Yeah. And then last year, I think he got hurt twice, and even at near the end mm. of the season. Before the pause, happened. he didn't really miss much because the Flyers. So, so he he played sixty six games total. The Flyers, I think, only played like sixty eight, sixty nine games total. They didn't no, crack but, the seventy game total last year. That's true, but also, right 
at the end, didn't he suffer like a shorter injury or something that would have kept him something out for a couple like weeks? That. Something like that, yeah. And like many goal scorers, they are very streaky. So when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're cold, you're cold. You're freezing. That's just the life of a goal scorer, even though he's not like a line A or a flashy goal yeah. scorer, he's still a goal scorer. And the other thing that's benefited him is they finally took him off the second power play unit and put him on the first power play unit. So this is again yeah. a bash on Tarion, finally putting him where he that's his specialty. So yes, and not only that, but James Andrews that he needs to get where he should be in front of the net. And a real important quote here I want to bring up. Um, this was after this is November 2018. Um, this was after I think James Van Reems like returned to the Flyers for the first time like a month or two. Um, it was only a month um, after he you know got hurt two games in. Uh, Vorchek said he's got really really soft hands. He's got a really good touch. He can make the plays out of nothing, which is really important. He can raise the puck under the bar from impossible angles. He kind of gives the goalies a little bit more respect. Like if I'm standing in front of the net, one foot from the pad, I'm not going to raise it anywhere, but he will. He's a big body in front of the net. He's a great player that can score goals. Obviously, we missed him over the period of time, especially on the power play. He's a really smart player around the net, and he's going to help us out a lot. So, again, that's the kind of productivity the Flyers have been sorely missing, and he proved it. He had two goals, both coming from in the net with tips. Not only that, they're power play goals, uh, which is awesome. And he only needs five, or sorry, four more power play points tie last year's um, stats for nine power play points total and um, eight more to tie uh, 13 with the amount of power point points he's had in his first year back in Philadelphia. So James Van Riemsdyk, he is productive. People aren't just looking hard enough. You've got to look, you got to do a little bit more. I just thought of another factor too, because you can make this argument that when you brought JVR in, that that's why Simmons left. So when you don't see their production and people remember Simmons with his production, almost scoring 30 goals a season here, they're like, okay, this is who we kind of, we got rid of Simmons who was already a fan favorite and JBR was a fan favorite before. It's like, uh, where's that production? But also this too, that's second, third line production too. He's not putting up first line, even though he's on the first line right now, I think. No, second line. Second line. No, third line. Sorry, I think that is the third line because I think the f- second line is now. I don't you know, even know. AV keeps and um, Patrick got switched up to the first line for a bit. I thought. No, he's been on the second line, so it's been Hayes on the first. Dude, line. It's all over the place. I don't even know. Yeah, they were with Connecty before, but I think that was changed last time. Yeah. Um, regardless, right. they were with Forchak. Yeah, with Forchak. Regardless, though, his point value has gone up. Like, like he's mm-hmm. he's doing just fine. So, believe it or not, even though people don't probably think Forcheck and Drew aren't doing enough this season, uh, your leading goal scorers or point getters this year are the guys that are their higher cap hit people: Claude Drew, Jacob Forcheck, Kevin Hayes, mm-hmm. Jay's VR. So they are producing. Yeah. Yes, they are. And again, <sighs> their production hopefully will go up more when Patrick and Limblom get more uh, 
comfortable getting back to the rhythm again because I don't always want to keep bringing this up, but obviously there was no preseason. There was no really lead up to this. So this first month mm-hmm. of the season is pretty much that kind of preseason, just kind of getting your feet going again after being a couple months off. And for those guys coming off of huge obstacles, obviously cancer, yeah. Oscar, and then uh, Patrick with his migraine. But Patrick is still looking oh, good. Even. This, this was a stat. Sorry to cut you off completely. This was the stat I was looking for for Claude Giroux. Um, here is a list of NHL players who had 500 assists in decade. Uh, in a decade. Uh, here's the last four. 80s, Gretzky, Paul Stasny. Uh, sorry, Paul Stasny. Peter Stasny, Paul Coffey, uh, Danny Savard, uh, Federico, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Ray Bork, Ron Francis, uh, Brian Trottier, uh, Dale Hardrock, um, oh, I don't know that guy Smith, but there's a lot of Smiths. Nineties: uh, Adam Oates, Gretzky, Ron Francis, Brecky, Eisenman, Joe Sackick, Yager, Ray Bork again, Doug Gilmore. Two thousands: Joe Thornton. Two thousand tens: Claude Giroux. I don't know if this has been mentioned yet, and if not, I've just noticed this. Uh, last night was Giroux's nine hundredth NHL game. Too, and he passed Bobby Clark for most games as Flyers captain in franchise history. Ago. I know. Also, like the in those nine hundred games, he has eight hundred and twenty-five points. That's unreal. That's no, he's not going to obviously light up le- uh, league stat-wise, career-wise for people. No, no. but franchise-wise, he's absolutely going to touch that assist record. Yeah, even Vortex not, not even that far off that either. I know it's no, he's really like crazy, which obviously it makes sense. But I was thinking about this the other, or Mitch and I were talking about this a couple mm. weeks ago. But I want to bring it up because it's kind of, kind of Flyers trivia, and we did want to kind of bring this in a little Let's bit to it. the Flyers uh, or to our podcast a bit. Uh, Yes, Whitmer. <laughs> Sorry. I just had Are to you looking this. for it? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I was wondering what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know what he's looking up, guys. We'll have to wait and see. Playing the waiting game. Mm-hmm. Waiting, waiting, waiting. But all in all, though, I, I will see. Sorry. Of course. <clears throat> I want to go for the longer list, damn it. Sorry. Uh, so, Mesh and I were talking about, like, goalies. And, you know, the Flyers have, fortunately, had, haven't had a lot of goalie luck outside no. of Textall and Perron. Uh, yeah. It still makes me, because everyone forgets about Steve Mason. And how well he actually yeah, played oh, for yeah. the Flyers. He is third for Flyers with that fl- third most in Flyers franchise history with wins with 104. I'm not surprised. Mason no. was actually really damn good. He I was. honestly I miss him a bit. I, I Mason Jar, he, he was he was a good freaking goalie. Uh, and fans don't 
realize how good he actually was. I miss. I honestly, I, 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 uh, yeah, I do miss me seeing him. So that. do I. Dude, we we got him for like a fourth round pick, I think. Something like that. If not, it was Michael Layton. And then he went to, uh, what's it called? Dude, Montreal. Dude, there was so. And then he tr- that got traded, and they bought him out. Yeah, there's so sense. many back and forths with them. It's crazy. Um, there it is. That's the list I was looking for. Oh, that's not what he wanted. Oh, all right. While Drew you're bringing is also that up, fourth in total points in Flyers history, eight hundred twenty-five. Yeah. His next person, he he could re- relatively take his Bryant prop with eight hundred forty-nine. Bill Barber eight eighty-three, and obviously Bobby Clark was two hundred and ten. Just a little bit of your 200, sorry, 1210. Thank you. Sorry. Like, that's not right. Um, that makes some sense. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, prediction time Flyers, Boston, 8 p.m. Wednesday. Who you got? What's the score? The Flyers will probably lose. Now, what's even crazier? Yeah. Jake Vorchek is 11th all time in Flyers score and points with 571. Just ahead of Simone Gagne and right behind Rob Brindamore with 601. Love it. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to say 3 2 Flyers. They sneak out a victory this time around against the Bruins. Marshawn gets one goal and. Charlie Coyle gets the other uh, for the Flyers. James Van Riemsdyk, Nolan Patrick, Shane Goss is spare. I say 3-1 Flyers lose. Yeah. The long goal coming from Phil Myers. Phil. The, there it is. Let's see who's right. playing. But if he is, he should I be say, playing. Yeah, I say he scores. Bergeron to score again against the Flyers, and Charlie McAvoy will get the empty is. netter. Yeah. So really, two one. Either way, yeah. There you go. Either way, both very realistic opportunities. Uh, Flyers Bruins eight p.m. However, let's do the second game, Jeffrey. This ah, one, I said we spread. This All one, right. I say the Flyers went four two. This one, okay. Charlie Coyle. Coyle, dude, he's such a good player. I'm pissed that Boston has him. And Marshawn for the right. Flyers. Raffle. Raffle cup there. Ghost. Drew and JBR. Um, on the power play for JBR. Yeah, I feel like the second game is going to be much higher scoring. I'm going to say five four Boston. Um, Marshawn Pasternak has two. Jake DeBrusque. Is he still there? I don't even. I don't even know. Uh, Sean Sean is not in Boston anymore, is he? I think he is. Who's the guy I'm thinking of that went to Florida? 
that I, I'm very high on. Nolatari. Yeah, it was Chari. So, so it was a, it is Sean Corelli then. He'll he'll get the fifth goal for Boston. Um, got Drew, TK, Provorov, Watton. And you know what? Sorry, lots taken away from you. Limbaugh. There you go. All right. Yep. Well. That's, That's pretty much it for, for this one. Yep. Until next time, we'll see you, and we'll probably see you tomorrow because underachievers.